In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. Um, let me ask you this. So you're an Notre Dame guy, right? I am. I keep hearing about Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams, and he wants part, part ownership. Like, everyone tells me how good this guy is. I feel like it's like cake. Everyone tells me how good it is, but when I actually try it or see it, it, feel, it, it does not live up to expectations. Let's just put it nicely. That's my view. As an Notre Dame guy, I would love to get your view on that. Well, you know, I guess I have to be fair because last year, Caleb Williams looked like the greatest cake in the world against Notre Dame. Right. Uh, I, think, I think maybe maybe his his uh, his bakery, help, the bakery experience <laughs> against Notre Dame helped uh, maybe clinch that stiff arm trophy that he brought home this Saturday night. It was a little bit of a different experience. I like to think the Irish defense helped compel some of the uh, some of the different looks of the of how Caleb looks Saturday night. You know, whether whether a. Uh, a young football player in college has done enough to uh, earn ownership of an NFL franchise. I guess it's above my pay grade, but certainly uh, he's got great, uh, great and grand ambitions in terms of his business interests. It would appear. Well, Brady's got six Super Bowls, and he owns no percent of any team uh, other than the ones he's purchased. So I don't. Uh, that's just a very like he'd have to have a game like he had last year, legitimately every single game with a guarantee of, of like multiple Super Bowls. And I, I don't know, I just, that's a risky ask in my, in my opinion. But um, the other thing is, is that we were seeing a lot of games in London. Um, what's your take on an NFL team in Europe? Wow. Again, a, a little above my pay grade in terms of, you know, there's so many things that go into something like that. Again, when you just, and I'm just speaking almost as a sports fan of when you, when you can, when you read those stories and you start to consider it, um, the logistics, but you know, the world, the world has changed. I mean, there was a time where, uh, look at just the landscape of college sports and right. the conferences were set up with logistics of geography in mind. Certainly geography is no longer the driving factor in that environment. So is it possible that whether it's today or 15, 10, five, one, two, three years from now, geography, you know, maybe technology enables it to happen. I, I think it doesn't seem impossible when you think about where we've been in the world of sports and where we are. Um, um, and again, it seems as though from a business standpoint, you, expanding markets makes sense you you look at the world of um when i was a kid the english premier league wasn't on no one knew what that was that's and, right uh it's a massive presence on on all of our major networks now so who's to say what could happen next no i think it's necessary i think i think he's smart to try to push it because i mean you have to expand for i mean people love the sport and, and, and it's got to be more than once or twice a year, but I figure I'd throw a few football questions at you. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the episodes in the series. I love it, uh, Paul. I have to say, I love the way they're shot. You know, as somebody who loves history, I love the idea that um, it's almost like you're watching a, you know, a timeline of somebody's life, right? Like, so something that's 50 or perhaps 60 years in the making. I think it's really genius. I think it's really creative. Um, I was a big fan of the sports centuries that came out on ESPN. I absolutely love them, but this takes it to, I feel like Paul to a whole nother level. I think the, uh, it's wonderful to hear that. I appreciate the kind words and, and really it's kind words for the folks that came long before me at NFL films, because one of the strengths of this series is leaning into the, to our archive. 
We have this amazing partnership at MGM Plus that we've had for for uh, going on six years now. This is our fifth season with them, and that we just finished um, with Icons. And they, their, their president Michael Wright, loves the NFL Films archive in a way that he gives us this amazing platform to stretch our legs as storytellers. So the shape that that's taken on this most recent project we've done with them is using those archives. You know, these are names of football players you've heard before. It's not like we're introducing you to someone you don't know if you're a football fan. But we have material that no one's ever seen just by virtue of how much we've covered them over the years. And as you know, as you you know, as a creator, even even within this show, you have a certain time limit. Everything you do can't make every episode. But when you're shooting the likes of Jim Brown for two, three hours at a time over a 50 year period, inevitably there's material that that we can now go back through the lens of time and unearth. Uh, and so you get to see not just, not just hear stories that you've never heard before, but to your point about visuals, you get to see these guys age on screen. Yeah. You know, in the case of Charles Woodson, the first interview we shot with him, I think he's 21 years old coming out of Michigan. I, I did the interview with him for this series this summer. And here he is, you know, whatever it is, 30, 30, some 30 odd years later, mm. you know, he, he looks different. Even just seeing the white creep into his beard in the interviews over the yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 creates a visual that underscores the storytelling perspective that we try to create, um, which I think helps give the series power because you de- you're creating a credibility of what the guy's voice has been throughout his entire life. Yeah, that's a great answer. I, I, don't, know how to, I don't know how to ask this question, but I'll try my best. You know, I feel like w- when kids go through school, there's certain uh, historical figures that they have to know about. I hope the new generation of, of football fans, NFL fans, really know how vital Steve Sable was to this whole freaking process. Like, this man is an icon and a legend. I hope people, the new generation, and I, I know people my age and around my age and perhaps a little bit younger know, but I hope like the teenagers now and the younger kids, they know what this guy did for the NFL. Like, I hope they know. Yeah, I mean, the body of work certainly, I think, stands for itself in Jeez. that it conti- it continues to, to demonstrate itself as like uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. Every, every interview they did, you know, Dick, a guy like Dick Buck, Dick Buck has passed away a couple weeks ago and suddenly all these old, sh- the images of his bloody hands, you know, the, the clips of the interviews again of him, the sound bites and everyone in our series, it's the same thing. You know, we, we have a history that lives and breathes and continues to give us an ability to learn from in a new way because of the work that Steve did. And, and really it was just, you know, when you talk about the, the, the cliche of if you find the thing you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. I, mean, I had the ability to work under Steve's uh, watchful eye. And I really think he he was a, an embodiment of that. He just loved, you know, I see all those movie posters behind you. Steve loved pro football and he loved the movies, like yeah. just boil it down. And I think that, I mean, it, it was the foundation of his work. It was what made his work live and breathe. And I think it's what gives his work this longevity that, you know, we, we continue to benefit from as fans, certainly as creators um, in the material he, he, he and his team uh, bequested to us and in the environment that they created that we're able to continue to tell these great stories. And, you know, again, it's funny, you meant the way you talk about kids, the, the quote kids today, we'll have young folks come in here out of college. And it's a reminder to us when um, there are things that, 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 you know, the, the Charles Woodson story is so much about the tuck rule. Some of them weren't even alive when the tuck rule happened. Right. Right. So, so they're, they're learning these stories for the first time, which is a challenge and an opportunity to, to tell them in a new way to help them, uh, continue to live on and, and demonstrate how they're, they're so universal. They're really human stories at the core of it. Which adds to the importance of the NFL icons uh, episodes. You know, were you involved just with season three or all, all the seasons, uh, Paul? No, I've, so I've overseen the series for all three, three, uh, three years. Uh, we are uh, four episodes this year, bring us up to 20 episodes altogether. 
So I've um, I I was one of the I was co-episode producer of John Madden. So I had my hands even further into the dirt on that one. Yeah. Um, but I've overseen the series from the beginning. And and um, so really have had the opportunity to work with some great producers here, you know, because, again, there's there's the through lines of like, you know, the names, you know, and and there's this general idea of all the, the archives I point to. But everyone's a little bit different. Every story is a little bit different. And so how to really customize it. But within the framework of a series is kind of the standing charge when you do a series like this. Yeah, and I love the choices you guys. For those listening or or, or watching on YouTube, um, you know, Favre, Emmett Smith, uh, Vince Lombardi. This is season one. Jerome Bettis, Steve Sable, Marcus Allen, Joe Namath. Season two was Madden, Peyton, Jimmy Johnson, Steve Young, Ray Lewis, uh, Aikman, uh, 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 Tony Dungy, um, Chris Carter, and then we talk about the four this year, this season. Uh, Jim Brown, Bill Cower, Mike Singletary, um, and the last one is um, Charles Woodson, right? Yes. Yes. So how do you guys choose? I mean, my God, I mean, talk about a, a a responsibility. Like you did a good job choosing, but like, how do you narrow it down? Every there's no, no great satisfactory answer maybe for that one. It's every programming year is a little different. You know, we, we had four episodes. We certainly want to create kind of a diversity in terms of who the players were as football players, what they accomplished as, as um, you know, men, you know, what eras they played in. We have a head coach among the group. You know, we have people from different parts of the country. Uh, we have offensive players, defensive players. You know, in the case of Jim Brown, he passes away in, in the spring. In February, I think it was at NFL Honors, it was. The NFL renames the the running back award, the annual running back award as the Jim Brown um, the Jim Brown Trophy, I believe mm-hmm. is the phrase. I don't want to get it wrong. But mm-hmm. so, they, so he's sort of in the news then. He passes away in the spring. So again, it's sort of the natural flow of like, oh, you're you're almost reminded. You know, again, you're in NFL films, you sort of live in the in this pantheon of of these images and stories every day. But that one sort of percolates back up. And you go, gee, we've never done a Jim Brown icons and we haven't done a, a long Jim Brown treatment or film. And I think, you know, seven, eight years, maybe it's time to revisit that story because it's just like any study of history. Over time, perspectives change, new material comes to light. You know, when you're able to do a new interview with with the folks who aren't, you know, Jim Brown posthumous, but the other ones we do new interviews their perspective changes. So you get to gather new material and again, refresh all the great um, raw, whether it's game footage or sound you've, you've accumulated over the years and you really get to see somebody in a new light. So it's, it's sort of just, it's almost like when they talk about the, um, the, the GMs who have that list in their drawer for, for the coaches that they, they would hire if they needed to, or, you know, right. you know, the players they would draft or acquire if they could. I mean, you sort of, as a movie maker or as a creator, you always have that list on your bulletin board of, gee, if I had a chance, I, I'm really interested. And again, it comes down to the individual filmmaker. Somebody might send us a pitch and go, you know, you haven't talked about it, but this Charles Woodson story, let's not forget how amazing mm. this guy was. It's mm. time to bring him back up. So, you know, I, I think that, I think there's a, there's sort of a natural curiosity that drives it. And then sort of what's happening in the world is certainly an influence. Paul, what about lumping two um, um, personalities together? Like a Brady Belichick would be great. Like as, as somebody who lives in Massachusetts, I'm biased, but like, I feel like they both have fed on each other. And maybe we're finding out now that one needed the other more than the other one needed the coach. But 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 I don't know. What about the idea of lumping two together? Or is storytelling just strictly you think, let's just focus on one person. Let's get this right. Plus, you're, you, the way you guys do it, you're, you're, you're bringing up footage over the years. But I still think you, you could do that in a, in a double person scenario. I think gee, you might have you might have just pitched an entire new, uh, an entire <laughs> new series. I think the beauty of icons is, again, these are these are massive figures in history. Right. Um, and I think in the 45 to 50 to 52 minute range, 
certainly all the guys have enough material for that. The irony actually is, is sort of the, the inverse. A guy like Jim Brown in particular, I kept saying it as we were doing the film, he's lived three films worth of life. Mm. You know, he was an icon as a football player, an icon as a as a Hollywood as a groundbreaking Hollywood actor, and a, and an icon as an American uh, civil rights activist. Yeah, you know, lived eighty plus years, changed all these lives. Certainly had challenges, self, some of them self imposed, as as he talks about in the film. Um, I think often actually the, the challenge is how do we boil it down to demonstrate how you know we we sometimes use the phrase we want to be uh, uh, an inch wide and a mile deep. We want to go really into the to the corners of what what made these people tick and get into it as if you're taking a college class on the subject when you uh, when you watch this hour film. Yeah, MGM Plus is, is developing one hell of a catalog of shows. Um, yeah, so is is we're leaving it at four for season three and then season four, or we or is it just the first four that dropped and then we're release, releasing more? How, how does that work, Paul? So season three, this season is just four episodes. It's okay. just kind of, the, again, the way it worked out. And, you know, we're optimistic that there's an opportunity to do more going forward. We've had a really good run with Icons. Again, a great relationship with MGM+. Plus. We used to do a topical in-season in, uh, in show for them called NFL The Grind. That yeah. transitioned after a couple of years into a little bit more of an evergreen historical show in NFL Icons. And, you know, we've gotten gotten good feedback. We've had a lot of fun doing them. You know, again, they're, they're challenges as storytellers to have – you know, sort of that familiar surprise of a name, you know, but how can you learn something about them and hopefully teach the audience something about them that they've never seen before? Paul, if you had to choose a couple names, if you just had to, I mean, I'm not holding you to this. I'm not guaranteeing it. Who would you put in for season four? Who would you like uh -huh. to see? In season? If it was, if it was just solely up to you, it was 100% your decision. Not saying these are the only people you'd like, but maybe that you're partial to. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I love, and one of the questions we get is, well, they have to be hall of famers, right? And the answer is no. I mean, right. I think there's guys that aren't in the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame that would be worthy uh, of an icon stream. And again, I think one of the things you got to remember with this series is we are so uh, built and and um, gifted by the archives. There are people that we've covered the heck out of and interviewed the heck out of over the years that I'd love to give this treatment to. I always think back to uh, Don Meredith. Again, precedes me a little bit in terms of of uh, of he was before my time. Right. But again, a guy who was a foundational cowboy. You know, uh, uh, sort of a folk hero type figure in the way that Earl Campbell was coming out of East Texas, then goes to SMU, becomes one of the first Cowboys, a pioneer on Monday Night Football, just a larger than life character. Uh, again, like John Madden, like Troy Aikman, these guys that like Jim Brown has these multiple lives all within this football universe um, that I think would be really cool to, to, to bring his story to this series. Pat Summerall, too, would be terrific. That's a great, no, another great example. Again, even... Yeah. Those are the challenges of a guy that's even further back in his playing career than even Jim Brown was. But yes, yeah, Summerall, gosh, what he was as an early broadcaster, it's to your point, like you you want people to appreciate what, you know, the history that came before you. Yeah. Because the, the players and the broadcasters in the football world of today sort of all are built upon their foundation. Yeah, that's what the show does. It's terrific. My last question for you is, so you have a, a really solid uh, bed of experience here. You did a football life. You did hard knocks. Um, I have to say, Hard Knocks, even though it's not MGM Plus show, I think it adds to NFL, and I think it adds to this show on MGM Plus. Um, one of the greatest shows I love watching at Hard Knocks. I mean, my wife watches it with me. I mean, it is a great show. Um, what is the appeal of Hard Knocks? Is it the honesty, you think? Is it um, – what, what is the appeal? I think there's a couple things that make Hard Knocks pop. I mean, it's been on for over 20 years now. It's one of our longest-running shows, one of the longest – you know, the biggest reaches in terms of audience. Um I think it's the in, in real time nature of it. 
you know, it, it is, it is the amount of coverage and documentation that's, that's captured and then turned around so quickly. I think it's got that, that topical, almost not live, of course, but, but um, you're watching history unfold in real time, sort of energy to it. Uh, of course, the intensity and the stakes of an NFL training camp. And I think the third thing is as much as, and it's not that it's the first NFL film show to do this, but the humanity that it captures, again, it goes back to Steve's sort of realization and drive to tell the stories of football players as humans, as brothers, as sons, as fathers, again, the way the coaches have to be teachers. And I think hard knocks getting into uh, getting into the sort of bunker of an NFL team, and especially in a training camp, although we, we have the in-season hard knocks as well, so it's not just confined to the summer. Right. Uh, I think it gives you access into a world that's got a lot of intensity to it, but also a lot of humanity. And I think it, it shows you what kind of makes these guys tick in a way. And again, in a real-time way, um, that you're sort of getting the best of both worlds, the depth of a of a of a embedded documentary, um, but the the turnaround of things you're you're reading about these players and these events and these games in the news, and you're watching on hard knocks within a week of what was really going on. Right. So there's sort right. of this sort of this double payoff you get in a series like that. And I think again, to your point, like we probably have, again, I don't know the numbers or the stats, but I think that show has as wide of a demographic reach in terms of ages, you know, men, women, kids, all of it. Like people seem to, to flock to hard knocks in, in a greater, uh, with a greater diversity than maybe anything that we do. Which is what you want, right? Which is what you want. Uh, uh, let me ask this Paul. last question. Oh, who, who do you cheer for? Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, born and raised a Giants fan. I'm from upstate New York. Yeah. You can see the, the Albany, New York skyline behind me. Back I there. got you. I got you. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I was, I was again, gifted with, and when I was six years old, the Giants won the Super Bowl in 86, had a great run, of course, under Parcells. So it was all very good. Um, and really I've seen them win four and been to five in my lifetime. So yeah, they are, uh, they're my team from way back. How is Lawrence Taylor not the first name out of your mind? Like, talk about a guy that deserves one. The best defensive player in the history of the league. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, no question. Um, Danny Dimes gave him too much money, I think. <laughs> well, you know, time will tell. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's only halfway through the season. You, yeah. it's, it's a long season. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's a terrific show uh, for those listening. Um, you know, NFL icons, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, and I love the way it's told over the the historic nature you're like you're watching like you mentioned woodson you see the gray in his beard you know it's almost like looking at facebook memories and it's like oh my god but it's it's so educational it's so historic and for anybody who's an nfl fan i can't imagine why they wouldn't be watching this this is just such must-see tv paul you are uh, amazing at what you do and thank you for coming on the show today Derek. i appreciate the time and thanks for spreading the word about icons yeah take care one. thank you Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.